everyone. I'm Kari. Hi, everyone. I'm Bree. Hey, everyone. I'm Annalisa. And this is CSI. Today we're going to continue with our recap of CSI uh, as we wait for CSI Vegas, who that is almost just around the corner. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm so excited for the show. This literally is the only thing that is keeping me together this whole damn time. <laughs> so today we'll be doing only one season, but it's one season that uh, it does require its own episode because not because it, I mean it is a lengthy season, but it's, it's the longest season. Yeah, it's a lengthy season, but it's a great season too. Although I, I think most of us will agree that uh, our favorite season is season seven. <laughs> but today we're doing season five. Then we're gonna start with formalities. Uh, no touch changes. Episode eight, touch changes. It's a hundred episode. Oh yeah, isn't this okay. episode eight? Yeah. Yeah, guys, if you don't notice, I'm pretty bad at math. Because, yeah. That will leave it to Sarah, but... Uh, formalities, the only thing we, I wanted to, to touch on on formality is when we get introduced to Sophia. And... I, okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we get introduced to Sophia, yes, that's great, that's great, that's great. Carrie, bring it back. Formalities gives us Grissom in a tuxedo. Okay, there, I said it. You know, for okay. a split second, I thought Sarah was going to get into the elevator with him. Ooh. Oh. Guys, I swear to God, if they had done that, I feel like <laughs> it, it, it was too much. It's too much. It would have been too much. It would have been too much if it, would, if, if it had been her crime scene, too. It just... Ooh. But, I mean, it's just a moment of silence in appreciation of um, the beauty that is Billy in a tuxedo. Okay, I've said it. Now we can move on. We can move on now, ladies. Yeah, um, episode A, to <laughs> changes, well, I can't, did I say that right? I don't know, also, I can't speak to it. Yes, you did. Uh, in this episode, they have to investigate uh, a case when a woman is found with her throat slashed, but then they found out this, the, they found out that this woman was actually uh, trans, she she was trans, uh, transsexual, um, that means that he was a man. She was a man before becoming a woman. And one thing that I like to point out that I think I pointed out uh, on past episodes is that um, everybody keeps calling the victim by a male pronoun. Except and Sarah two is yeah. And Sarah is all the time telling everyone it's not a he, it's a she. She is the victim. Is just. The thing is, um, I know this episode was done in the early 2000s, but if you have a transgender uh, character, I think it should have been played by a transgender actor. But Hollywood wasn't open to that type of conversation in the early, on the early 2000s. Um, today we are, or at least we should be. And that's why... LGBT representation is important 
And one thing that I love that we're going to get in CSI Vegas is a character from the LGBT community. I, it's not that I don't like when there is a character like this in the show, but in CSI, normally they are the victims or the killers. And well, uh, in this episode, by the end of it, the team gets split up. Equity no, that's the next episode. That's, that's the next, next episode. episode. Also, I'm stuck with chron chronology. Today, today, guys, I'm all over the place because I've been, I had like this crazy essay. Uh, but this episode just changes. Uh, you know, I don't usually find the scenes in CSI a little uh, disgusting. But one particular scene when Nick and Mark find the operation room that it was inside a storage locker. Now that scene is too strong, to be honest. And the next episode is called Mea Culpa, which I just spoke at with my Portuguese accent because... Mea Culpa. Mea Culpa. Yeah, I just spoke at it with my Portuguese accent, not with my Latin accent. Because <laughs> it's the same thing. I was going to say, the Portuguese accent is probably cl the closest to the Latin accent we can get. Yeah, so Mea Culpa. Uh, Ooh, interesting. You say it differently than I would say it. That's funny. <laughs> you know, my Portuguese is kind of different from uh, from Portugal. <laughs> she said, I'm cool. I don't have a regular Portuguese accent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a regular Portuguese accent. I have a cool <laughs> Portuguese accent. <laughs> Uh, so Grissom <laughs> is on the stand. Grissom is on the stand, and then the prosecution shows him like the one piece of evidence with a new fingerprint. And when Grissom looked at it, he realizes that the, the fingerprint wasn't in that piece of evidence when he processed the uh, that evidence years ago. Can you say his memory from years from that scene years ago? Yeah. And Eckley being Eckley because he's always trying to find a mistake that Grissom might have made. He's like, oh, Grissom is not handling this well. So he decides to open an inquiry on Grissom and the effectiveness of the team and how he's viewing the team as the supervisor on the graveyard. And in the meantime, Greg and Sarah have to investigate a death of a man who shot himself in the leg. So Grissom, uh, he is handling the case, the case again with the help from Catherine uh, Warwick and Nick. And he finds out that uh, the way, like there was like this process that they used uh, before this case went to trial that actually made uh, the fingerprint showed up essentially like some time after the evidence was logged in. So it wasn't really his fault, but the the uh, the how he processed the evidence is just was outdated, and they and then he Catherine and Warwick found out that the actual culprit was, if I'm not mistaken, the son of the victim. Yes, the son of the victim was the one who was culprit, and Greg and Sarah, they in their case, uh, the man shot himself accidentally. He changed. He had this gun and he made some alterations, and they found out that actually. The guy they were looking for was actually an undercover agent from the police department, and that's how we know that there is literally zero communication in the police department because nobody knows what the heck everybody else is doing. And by the end of this episode, since uh, what happened to Grissom made actually like, well, you know what? I'm about to end this team. So he split up the team. And he, Catherine, Nick, and Wolf go to Sweden, even though Catherine wanted days to spend more time with 
Lindsay, Hodad, who at this time was a rebellious teenager, and Sarah, Sophia, who wanted to be day supervisor also, went with Sarah and Greg was underneath the proposed position of them to become a trainee. Yeah, and that's when we... And at the, yeah, at the end of the episode, you see Nick, Catherine, and Grism at the diner, and he's trying to convince them to still listen to Catherine as a supervisor, and they get a call from Catherine. Yeah, and they have to go to work. I mean, uh, they're still getting used to it, but I do have to say that I really didn't like that, like what Eckley did, because we all know that what Eckley wanted to do at this point, while Grissom before work died, is trying to find a way to show that Grissom wasn't a good supervisor. Uh, so. The team gets split up. Sophia starts working with Grissom. And can I just say how unnecessary, like it was really so uncalled for trying to create this love triangle between Sophia, uh, Grissom, and Sarah. Because honestly, I was talking to Anna about this like the other day. We all know that if, if Sophia was going to have a crush on someone, it would be Catherine. <laughs> Look, and there's actually some shit to happen with Nick. And the same ships that with Um, wow. Okay, didn't know that. That's gonna make me rethink things now. Are people blind? Oh, Jesus, people, people are ridiculous. Um, look, do I think that Sophia um has so much more chemistry with the women on this show? Yeah, yeah, she does. I mean, look, her and Catherine. Yeah, great. Honestly, her and Sarah. I'm here for it. Give it to me. Where's it at? You know what I mean? Like that would have been more compelling than you know her and Grissom. Not to say that they didn't have chemistry. Sure, they had some chemistry. It was there. Um. It was um, clearly more platonic on the, uh, at least from you know what I'm see what I was seeing. Um, it was more platonic and more like I don't know. I'm kind of trying to find the right words to describe that. Just purely, purely because I'm over here like Sophia and the women, please. Okay, where was that? Some look. I just anywho. I'm I'm gonna stop myself now before I get into a tangent. Um, I do have to say though, quick question. So what are Kara? You just said that you did. So you did not like the team being split up, right? No. Yeah. Okay, Me both of you. I neither no. neither one neither one no okay way. see i fucking loved it yeah. i could not get enough of it for like several reasons the first being honestly from a writing standpoint that is an ingenious move to pull five seasons into your show yeah i i, I liked that the fact that grissom now after what happened in butterfly he would now would be forced to spend a lot more time with sarah mm -hmm. so he would be forced mm -hmm. to face his feelings a lot more mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. love that i love that really i do i also like i said i love i love the shift in like storytelling so now we have the idea we have the ability to shoot in the daytime because now we've got a swing shift we have the ability to see even more cases handled and see how they intertwine with one another and how they don't you know what i mean but we're now able to see i like to say that at this point in the show for a show that didn't like to like give us a lot of character background we were so far into it that at this point they felt the need that they could give us more character background or at least at and least we could, yeah yeah exactly right and i mean we'll get to those moments in a, mi in a minute but like by splitting up the team they were able like to show us more of like what Catherine, nick and warwick would be like working together let's see more of their styles of working together let's find out more about them and then we could see what you know greg is working like what what you know greg is working towards and what it's like for him to become a csi let's find out obviously more about there we'll get to that in a moment let's find out more about sophia let's see what it's like you know we've had the core team for so long and now we're throwing a new person into the mix and a new person who's low-key kind of a badass love sophia that's my girl um and like let's see like what she has to throw into the mix and what like what she's gonna bring to the table and you know what i mean so i really feel like 
that was a really great way for them to set up this season. And it plays really well because, like you said, this is the longest season, too. So it, like, worked really well. I feel like it added a totally different dynamic to the show. And then it, like, makes you love and appreciate the team more when you get to season six, you know? Yeah. And this is actually what Sophia is one of the few times we see Sarah not welcoming somebody on the team right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's the only time. Yeah, she didn't do it because, um, I mean, she was, Sarah was going through a lot at that point uh, on her personal life. Um, and she had made her feelings for Grissom so clear. And why, did she, you, why don't you think I moved to Vegas? Yeah, but we're going well, to this, uh, we're gonna yeah. get there in a moment. But um, I agree with Brie, though. Like, she, Sophia was like, Sarah was so like, I don't think it was, um, what, she was put off by Sophia's presence. But I mean, like we just said, Baby Girl has so much going on this season that I have a feeling it's more that than it is Sarah's yeah, just being mean really, and spiteful. Yeah. yeah. It's not like she's a mean just, person. It's, it's not, it's not just because she's jealous. She's yeah, jealous. yeah, I don't... Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah, even female rivalry. It's just no, that Sarah no. had, a, had a lot going on and yeah. she was used to work with Greg, Nick, Warwick, mm-hmm. Grissom, mm-hmm. and Catherine and suddenly everything shifts and now she has to work with Grissom and Greg all the time and then and Sophia comes in the mix yeah. and like when you're used to a routine and then suddenly your routine changes it it, it gets some used to it and it, and like you have this feeling for a guy and he knows it and he keeps pushing you away but this new person arrives and he appears to be liking her a lot and you're just like what the fuck man I'm literally right here I tried to get mm-hmm. you to do those mm-hmm. stuff to me for a very long time and you're not doing them yeah I think I she really needed therapy. She needed therapy. Oh, she needed more than just for um for P A P cancel the recommended the the yeah, she, transaction. Yeah. She needed to go though regularly. Yeah, she needed. Yeah, yeah, but I'll talk I'll talk a little bit more about that in next episode. Well, the thing is that if yeah. you don't do if you do therapy, you have to let it change you. When the one of the things her therapist told her is to tell her supervisor, who was also a friend and a guy she loved about her past and she couldn't find an opening to to, to tell him that so and i also and i also feel like what is it they always say when it comes to therapy like you have to be open to change and you have to be open to like you have to like be ready for therapy you know what i mean yeah. like you have to be willing to do the work and put in the work but i feel like having been forced to do the peap counseling sessions that was one thing and i could see and you can kind of tell like she's almost to the point where like she's realizing that yeah maybe she does need to but also she's still apprehensive and like sarah about it where she's like no it's fine i i'll I'll be fine i'll be not cured after my sessions but i'll have i'll be able to manage my emotions better which (laughs) that's not how therapy works baby well so we got to the to episode 11 which is one of my favorite episodes ever of like the whole six and seasons because i love sherlock holmes like i've read mostly like almost 100 percent of all the sherlock holmes uh, books and tales, you know, whatever uh, Arthur Conan Doyle wrote, I've read most of them, and like I almost, I almost like went nuts when the camera shows Sherlock room, and I'm like, what? I'm, I thought I was watching CSI, not Sherlock, but uh, <laughs> so the name of the episode is Who Short Sherlock? The thing is, uh, Greg has to take his final proficiency test, you know, to become a CSI. Magnificence uh, of final. Yeah, because he messed up, and the first time he did it, he thought he wouldn't be able to do it. He thought he, like, because he peed on a crime scene and they, he couldn't do it, and Grissom gave him a second chance. And Sarah and Grissom and Greg, they have to investigate the death of this guy who was also a Sherlock Holmes fan, as he was an uh, impersonator of Sherlock Holmes. 
and Nick and Warwick, they have to work on a case where the driver had been killed while he was veering off the world. It, it, it is a funny episode to watch, to be honest. It's not really, in the, like, it, you don't get anxious and anything. It's like a comfort, a comfortable episode, you <laughs> know? And it's really funny because everyone comes together. But also in this episode, you can clearly see that Catherine has been changing in a way that she's behaving more like Eccle. Yes. Oh, my God. Ugh. <laughs> I love I, I love Pat's character in the later seasons. Yeah, because like Nick and uh, Nick and Work, they have to do this experiment to know how this guy died, and they have to do to they have to make Jello Man. And Catherine's like, this is a waste of Jello. <laughs> and uh, Eckley calls off the experiment, but Catherine's like, no, just do it. You have to find out how this guy died. And I just I hate it because. Catherine is spending less time with with Grissom and more time with Eckley, so she's kind of turning like Eckley. Yep. Well, they uh, Greg. I guess. I mean, I just, just say that because. Uh, I, I also think to remember at this point we do like I see what you're saying like clearly she's being influenced more by Eckley than she is by Grissom, but also like Grissom is also while Grissom is great, we love him. Also, there are some things that he is lacking in the like supervisory department in yeah. terms of like proficiency and whatnot but um i also like the idea of like for all we know this is how catherine's been the whole time we, we've just never been able to see her in a leadership position we've seen her be like the lead csi kind of maybe you know what i mean but yeah yeah that's my two cents on it it's, it's the thing is the show was made in the in the early 2000s so when you see a woman in a leader in a leadership role i mean it was it, it had a lot of impact but the thing is when a man is writing a woman as a leader, it's, it's not going to come out as if a woman was writing, you know what I mean? Oh, it, clearly, clearly. Like, I like that's the one thing we hope and pray CSI Vegas is bringing us is clearly a better just representation of all of, of a woman in power without it being a, a cliche of itself. Yeah, like, we start to see that in the in deleted episode, deleted scene from the last episode. Yeah, I just, I think Catherine had too much potential to be a great leader. But it wasn't written as well as it could have been, you know? Yeah. Like, we love Rissom, not because he's a good, he wasn't a good leader. I mean, he knew how to handle the team. The team worked perfectly, but he wasn't, in terms of leadership, he wasn't really a, a good supervisor. That's why I love DB so much, because he had the best qualities of Rissom and the best qualities of Catherine. Okay, I, I can see that. So, uh, Greg, Greg doesn't solve the case, but he does, I mean, he gets to the wrong conclusion, but he still, uh, they manage to give, like, uh, Greg passes the test. <laughs> it's, it's, like, so funny how, how they managed to trick him. And they put Gentleman sitting on Grissom's chair, and he gets his CSI, his CSI badge, you know. And, like, for the first time in this, in this show, in this season, we can, like, the whole team get together, like, the OG, like, OG5 turns into OG6. Yep. Which is really sad, because just... literally th three seasons later, they would become OG5, then literally just OG4. And then OG3. Slowly smaller and smaller. Yeah, just slowly, and then OG2. <laughs> it just keeps going. But no, another becomes OG2 because Sarah comes back. It, and then when it would have been OG2, we also had Grissom and Catherine in that episode. So it yeah. was never OG2. 
Well, the next episode, and like this episode, we're only talking about this because of the particular scene on uh, Snakes, episode 12, which has a pretty oh, yeah. nasty opening scene. <laughs> they find a snake stuffed into a head. And I know everybody, the people who look at this episode like, oh, it's clearly a fake head. I mean, the special effects wasn't really them, you know, especially like birds you found these people. Of course, the head is going to look fake. <laughs> Uh, Catherine and Nick, they have to investigate this case of this head with a snake inside. Greg and Sophia and Warwick, they have to investigate shooting in the van. Uh, actually, this was just uh, Warwick's case, but then, uh, and then Grissom told Greg to help Warwick, and then Sophia got in the mix. Well, uh, the thing is, there's this particular scene in this episode that uh, Sarah talks to Grissom, again about their relationship because he keeps pushing her off uh she says why do you think i come to vegas like come and on you've always, and you've always been more than a boss to me so casually said but also clearly said it because she's just rambling like she does and just admits to this and then starts to backtrack it and fumble and ends the conversation abruptly while my poor guy is trying to process what's clearly just been said to him and revealed <laughs> And I think, I think that's when he decided to start to pursue Sarah again. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he did realize after what happened to Sarah in season four, and especially what, what he said to Dr. Laurie on Butterfly, that he, he felt something really deep about Sarah. He was, he, uh, he probably didn't know it was love at that mm. point. What but, is love? But he does find out later, because next episode, Nesting Dolls. Nesting Dolls Oof. is very... <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, nesting get... Dolls, oh my god. Like, this is episode 13 of season 5. And, and as sad as it is, one of my favorite CSI episodes ever. Cause, yes, and it's uh, one of my favorite CSI quotes ever. So they have, like, uh, Catherine, uh, is in the, she starts to investigate this... Uh, she finds out there's two bodies covering tar, and everybody was busy. Catherine was alone, so Grissom's like, okay, take Sarah. Sarah's all you got, and Catherine's like, Sarah's all I need. But, <laughs> because Sarah's literally one of the best CSIs in the team. But the thing is, yeah. Sarah was going through a lot of shit at, at that point. So when one of the bodies they that they find, two female bodies, uh, presents signs of abuse, uh, of uh, spousal abuse, Sarah starts getting flashbacks from her past. So when she and Catherine are investigating a suspect, and Sarah gets a, a, a bit rude with the suspect, um, when the, she and Sarah, when she and Catherine come back to the lab, Catherine confronts her in the hallway and actually just happens to be passing by. As, I, as Sarah says, one day I'll go view ahead, because uh, it was not long before, Sarah, made, Sarah told Catherine that she uses her sexuality to get ahead with well, which is not a lie. No, it's no, it's not. It's a low it's blow, is what it is. Lie. It's a low blow, but like, uh, I just hated how everyone on this show somehow used Catherine's past as, as they put it in the show, exotic dancer. We cannot say stripper. Stripper is a forbidden word. We cannot even say hooker. We all have to say exotic dancer, and uh, or sex worker. Or sex worker. What about Congo? Uh, no, sex worker. Well, I think. I think if Beckley wasn't there, uh, 
Sarah, like Catherine would realize that something was off of her. And, and like they would sit down in the locker room and they would talk or in Catherine's office. But since Ekin was there, he was like, yep, I can get through Grissom. I can get to Grissom through Sarah. So <laughs> Sarah tells Eckley. I don't kiss ass. Uh, Grissom doesn't kiss ass like you do. Yeah. Like the only reason why Grissom is not in Eckley's position is because Grissom doesn't get kiss ass. So uh, she gets suspended uh, and she has to go home, right? And Sarah is at home uh, working and like, girl, why are you wearing Snickers in your house? Like, here's your house. You can walk barefoot if you want to, but okay. So it's Grissom, upset. That's why. Yeah, because for some, and then for some finds out that Sarah got suspended, and my man drops everything to go after her. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "This case, book this case. I need to go talk to her." He literally drops everything to go to her, and and jeopardizes his relationship with Catherine for a while. Well, I mean, you know, he eventually get back with Catherine again. You know, but the thing is, uh, Catherine. Catherine was his friend, but Sarah was something more. It was always something more to him. So he goes to her house and and Sarah's like, What can I get you? And Grissom's like, an explanation. And she tries <laughs> to deflect, and then Grissom says, Generalizations are more important to us than sex even from the big trail. Yeah. And Grissom's like, Have you ever spent a day without without thinking? Like, no, I, I so after trying to dodge his questions, she realizes that she has to tell him about her past. And when you hear Sarah's story, you understand why those cases where women are brutally murdered, as in they were sexually abused and they showed signs of physical trauma, why these uh, cases are too personal for her. Because her mother was a victim of abuse. Her father used to beat the crap out of her until her mother was also schizophrenic. Um, but we don't find that out. We don't find episodes. that out. Uh, we don't find that out in this episode. We find out in later seasons. Uh, so uh, Sarah describes to Grissom essentially the first crime scenes, the first crime scenes she ever saw. Um, Sarah's mom was fed up with all the abuse that her father had done to her. So one day she just grabbed a chicken, a kitchen knife, and stabs her her father to death. And Essentially, this she, seven it was, times. Yeah, Sarah was a kid, so she was put to into the system, and Grissom probably knew she was in the system because she uh, because something happened to her parents, but he didn't know what had happened to them. And he comforts her, he comforts her, holds her hand, you know, tons of fanfics. Uh, say <laughs> there are tons of fanfics that. Uh, like make Grissom and Sarah sleep on the couch together, literally just sleep, and then he makes her some food. And he's like, I have to go back to the lab, work things out with Eckley, but just do a suspension and then come back. So he comes back to he comes back to the lab and he finds Eckley and Catherine just talking as if they were besties. <laughs> it looks okay. That scene, the line was done in a romantic way for some reason. Um, okay. See, I mm, mm. well, so Grissom is like. Because Eckley had told him that Grissom had to fire Sarah. But Grissom tells Eckley that the only reason why Sarah was behaving like that is because he wasn't a good supervisor. And like, no shit, Sherlock, you weren't a good supervisor, really. <laughs> and he was the one who should have paid more attention to her. But now everything is taken care of. And she's still going to be on his team working for the lab. And I was like, whatever. She's your problem. 
Like, I, I don't forget the, the the brief moment where Eggly threatens to fire Grissom, and Grissom in in one of the few moments we have where he plays the pompous asshole card, and he just goes, "No, you're not," and you're just like, "Fuck, we know he knows he knows that he can't really be fired unless he really fucks something up." So for him to just brandish that so like nonchalantly, like, "Yes, no, I know you you think you can fire me, but you're not gonna fire me," you know, it's yeah, because he brings probably the most money into the lab. Well, yeah, there's that, and then his expertise alone is invaluable to them. Um, but it's a good show of, like, how much he knows how Eckley works. Like, he's not, he may play stupid when it comes to the office politics of it all, but he's, in fact, probably the most knowledgeable, or more knowledgeable than people, than he, than he, can, than he lets on, on purpose, honestly. I yeah. would, too, if I were him. Because he doesn't like to play it. It's stupid. And why would you? That's not what they're there for anyway. But, you know, that's, that's a different topic of conversation. But, yeah. It's well, a good moment of, like, uh, I'm here to, I see, okay, now, real quick, real quick. See, now, how do you guys see, see this scene playing out? Is it Grissom coming to the, like, not rescue, but, like, to the defense of the woman he loves, right? And, like, him trying to show, like, uh, I care about this person, so I'm going to put everything on the line. Is, is that the read that y'all get on this scene? Because I have a different read on it, but I want to know if it, if, if what y'all's read of that moment is. I don't it's think a fairly I, important scene. Yeah, I don't think he he did that because, I, I don't think at this point he realized that he loved Sarah. But he realized the value she, as a CSI, had to the team. Because she she was one of the best CSIs in the in the lab in the graveyard, and everybody knew it. If she wanted to come back to San Francisco, the San Francisco lab would take her in immediately. She was one of the best. She was the what what she was doing, but she was going through a hard uh, hard time, and she wasn't getting the help she needed. I I think what happened what happened wasn't Grissom like literally just going, like throwing everything all of his career under the bus. And just being like, fuck that, I'm going to protect the woman I love. I don't think it was that. I think it was Grissom as Sarah's longest friend in Vegas, the entirety of Vegas, that came to her rescue. Was Grissom the friend, not Grissom the the lover? Because Grissom the lover didn't exist yet, at least not at that point. I think it was somehow between, they they ended up together somewhere between either nesting dolls or committed or committed and grave danger. But that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Brie, what's so, your what's your read on the scene? I think it's a bit of a mix of coming to defense of one of his girlfriends and somebody that he has deep feelings for. Because he defended Catherine multiple times. He defended mm-hmm. Warwick a number of times, more than anybody, really. So yeah, he would Warwick fucked up a lot of times. Yeah. So he, <laughs> would, so he would defend anybody on his team because he knew the worth. But everybody knew that his feelings for Sarah ran deeper than his feelings for anybody else on yeah. his team. Like when Eckley said she's all your old, I was like, you gave them permission to date with that. Come yeah. on. I think, I think oh, that. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. You know, yeah. I, I think that uh, everybody knew that, even Sarah knew that, but Grissom didn't want to kind of recognize that up until that moment. I think he never really knew what that looked like. But granted, I don't like Catherine's reaction to him not finding out. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why Catherine reacted that way. I don't know if it's just, you know, because analyzing that from the point of view of somebody who studies society because no dude they're studying social science that like i literally study how societies were made uh studying from this point of view maybe she felt jealous because she before sarah arrived she was the only woman mm. the only csi the only female csi on the graveyard and suddenly sarah shows up and uh, there's a bit of bravery because she realizes sooner than everyone else that grissom and sarah had a relationship they went a little over supervisor and, and like employee. Subordinate. 
Yeah. So okay. maybe she was maybe she was jealous because of that. I don't know, but I don't know. I, I don't see Catherine and Grissom as a couple, but I think she was jealous of the fact that there was another woman working with her. And before, like in the early 2000s, more people like to see apparently what people like to see like to, to see on TV it was female rivalry. Now we're all about sisterhood. So yeah, if this show was made today, like not CSI Vegas, but if the original show, the original run was made today. Sarah and Catherine, they would not, their relationship would not be portrayed as a female rivalry. It would be literally a sisterhood. As it was later on. Later on, yeah. Yeah. Like how, was... yeah. Well, that's later on stuff we discussed later on. Um. Oh, no, what I was just going to say, though, because of what Carrie was saying about that scene with Catherine and Eckley, I always see that as, not that she was jealous or anything like that. I Honestly, I'm, I'm speaking purely from, like, the professional standpoint. I can totally understand why Catherine would always kind of be ticked off and have a feeling that we're not have well like have like not ill will but like always be kind of unnerved because Sarah has these like outbursts because my girl does she emotional okay she can't help it okay she's gonna do what she's gonna do okay we can't help her okay uh and the fact that like yes now that we as the audience and Grissom know like why she has these reactions to these specific kinds of cases it makes total sense clearly like we said the girl needs therapy uh, okay, work through these things. But I can see someone like Catherine who's worked her ass off to get to where she is, and now you get to go to, you get to work every day, and then you've got that one person on your team, or you've got that one coworker who like keeps having these fucking outbursts and is like never really sees the repercussions of those. You know what I mean? Where you're kind of like, well, damn, if I fucking blew up at every crime scene or like anytime a case like this happened, I would hope that somebody would fucking come talk to me. And then the reason I say that too is I really feel like, and I said I've said this before had actually not interrupted um their argument i really do think that catherine would have really just been like no like seriously what the fuck is up with you like do we need to go talk somewhere girl like clearly something is bothering you we need to work through this if you don't want to tell me that's fine but we are still at work let's try to keep this professional so i do like see where catherine is coming from because there is like that line of professionalism where like where like sarah kind of keeps going over it you know what i mean we're like yeah they have a big blow up in the middle of the lab that's kind of unprofessional bro like let's like let's go into my office and do this you know what i mean that would have been different than like let's just start screaming at each other in the middle of the hallway you know and then like if we have an argument we have an argument we can work through it like adults um and then so like i really feel like equi coming down hard on sarah catherine's probably like you know what good finally because something needs to happen so that she like learns how to act I guess at work, you know what I mean? And then for Grissom to then come in and play the like cavalier, like, I got this, we talked, she's coming back to work. And Catherine's kind of just like, really, guy? Like, I also do have a headcanon where like after Eckley leaves and it's just the two of them, I really do think that like Catherine calls him out with it and she's kind of like, really, Gil? Like, you're gonna, like, what's up? Like, what happened? And I feel like Grissom being Grissom is like really coy about it. Like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Like, I trust me, I got it dealt with. And Catherine being more like effusive of like, okay, well, like, she's all like, she's on you now. Like, if she fucks up anything else, no one else is gonna try to like, cover for her basically like if she has a blowout in the middle of the lab with anybody we're all gonna look at you and be like we thought she said you like talk this through with her <laughs> and there's a fanfic where Catherine goes to Grissom's office after a couple hours about it I think everybody agrees they, they had a good conversation about that yeah. oh and yeah I, but not right now because yeah. <laughs> they they weren't talking at that point no I also like how Greg tried to defend Sarah pointing out that Sarah defend any of us when when they they need it. Yeah, that's why it this doesn't age well because mm. and forget me not, the evidence towards oh. her and he is ready to to, to throw her in jail. When he ready to throw handcuffs on her so quickly in that episode. But again, I, we don't want to talk about that too much. But yes. yeah, that, yeah. That, yeah. One day we're gonna it. get there and we're gonna call Nikki and Greg on their BS. Like but, that might have to be a two part episode purely because yeah. it's gonna be half of the time being us spending just screaming about how angry we are at those two. Yes. Men. And how that episode always brings me down for days after I watch it. Well, um, 
now let's let's move on to committed, uh, which is episode twenty one. Um, Grissom takes Sarah to this uh, mental hospital. They have to investigate an inmate who who had been murdered inside his room. Uh, but the thing is, when they find out who did it, there's uh, what's what was his name? What was his name? The the inmate who helped her at Adam uh, Trent. Adam. Uh, I think his name was Adam. Trent. Yeah. He uh he tries to kill her, and when they when a guard finally uh sets her free, she gets away and Grissom goes to her like, "Are you okay?" And then she tells him, "Oh, that th- this place smells exactly the same, exactly the same place as if as when they when my mom the same place my mom was taken," and you know what, I I get it. I mean, not not the part where my mom my mom wasn't taken to a mental hospital, not that, but like. Uh, as somebody who had to spend a, a sorry, that was just a really funny <laughs> moment for me. As somebody who had to go to hospitals a lot because of something I could not control, all like all of them smell the same. As every like every single hospital has this pine, pine smell, and uh, and nursing homes. Yeah, it's just even through like seriously, I was wearing two freaking masks and I could still smell the freaking shit. But <laughs> I at least it didn't smell like shit. Well, but I didn't want to smell that. <laughs> but I mean, I was like, when I watched that, I was like, Grissom, she literally told you about your pe- about her past, and you take her to solve a murder at a mental hospital. <laughs> Honestly, I, I love that about that episode. I love that. I, Here's I my traumatic past. Let's go to a mental hospital together. I think <laughs> he just wanted to walk with her, like just be yeah, close to her. I know, but he could have given that case to Greg, and they could have. I don't know. They could have solved like I don't know. 419 at a, at, at some casino or something, you know. It made for good TV, though, you know? Yeah. It just made for good TV to have them, like, yeah, a few episodes ago, we learned about her, like, very tragic and traumatic past, and now let's go spend some time at a mental hospital, okay? And yeah. this is one of the two episodes that, one of the two or three episodes that Georgia Fox does a commentary of. Yeah, I oh, mean, yes, I, thank you for reminding me. I do like this commentary. Yes, this is a good commentary. Whenever George is involved in commentary, it's good. And and she's not in anything. Like, good. If you're listening to this, why don't you record like an audiobook or, or something, girl? Like, I was totally by that book. <laughs> I was like, can you record like some meditation book? <laughs> I don't buy it and I stream that thing as if my life depended on it. <laughs> oh, even a, oh, even an animal rights book. Or or do uh, uh or do one about animal rights or or do one <laughs> like we're over here just like girl rights. we got you you need some work we find it for you we got it we got this we got this come to us we'll we'll get you new work <laughs> record a record an audio book about any book you like and I we we're going to stream that thing as if our lives depend on it uh so now we go to episode twenty four no we to- we still have to talk about part of it because Grissom calls Grissom says baby. In that episode, to Sarah. In front oh, yeah, of like, I love that. I love how he, how he let Grissom be dropping hands that he put something serious with, with Sarah. And you know what? Uh, I think that's like literally, like, probably the Sunday, like the Sunday that Sarah talks about when they got together. I, I'm pretty sure it was the Sunday after this, this case they worked on. Because I think before this, they were walking on the friendship and going out to eat. But I think yeah. it's the Sunday where they fully committed to each other. Oh, I like how she said this. This is. I like how we all know she's just. Every, everyone knows. Everyone knows. Everyone listening to this knows she's like. No, it, this was the Sunday. 
This was the Sunday it happened. <laughs> well, why do we think it was the Sunday? Because simply, Grissom looks so freaking good in the first part of Grave Danger. Oh, and I'm going to say something right now. When I was watching Grave Danger, like, I needed a drink to watch that episode because that episode put me under so much stress. And I literally like tweeted, like, oh, Grissom, Grissom looks really good. And Brie <laughs> answered my tweet. That's because it was getting tough. Okay, I did. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, that opening scene with them talking about his, like, dreams of being a cowboy alone, I'm like, okay, y'all, take it down a notch. Okay, you're still at work, okay? We saw it. They, they especially with Smire. Heard, like, little smirk at the end? I was like, hey, hey, guys, guys, stop, stop, stop. We're at work still. The hands were there, okay? Well, those, those, those that's so great. I like how Sarah work. knew exactly what book to find in Britain's office. Oh, oh like, don't even, don't even, okay? <laughs> Every time I watch that. Like, whenever they had to do paperwork, they would have to stay over time. So Grissom's like, come to my office. Let's do paperwork together. You know, dates, date ideas. You and your girlfriend do paperwork yeah. in your office. Yeah, you know, because it's like the only appropriate thing they can do while like still spending time together in the office. Or playing footsie underneath the desk. Okay. Okay, uh, but let's keep it this, this same PG-13. So, Grave Danger Part 1 and 2. Uh, it does, those two episodes. She said, let's keep it PG-13. Oh, great into part one and two. A man gets buried alive in a box covered in ants. <laughs> let's keep this family friendly, okay? Uh, so it was, this, both of these episodes, they were written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. And I'm and, say, uh, you know, usually those CSI episodes, they don't, they don't get me so stressed out. I mean, like a few episodes do, like forget me not, but this one, God. Whenever there's a team member kidnapped, because... Riders right with their you know, not even not even when Sarah got kidnapped, I reacted the way I did to Grave Danger. Because I remember the first time I watched Grave Danger, um, I had skipped school during the afternoon because I didn't feel like watching it, so I came back home and my mom was out and I was like, hmm, there's the asylum. So like Grave Danger, I was like, huh, okay. I didn't even read the, the synopsis for the for the episode then, right? And then Nick ends up getting kidnapped and buried alive. And I I didn't sign up for that. Like you nothing, know what? Nothing will compare to the sheer terror I felt when I saw George Eads buried in that freaking coffin and he like losing his shit and I'm like, no, no, not my Nikki boy. Especially when he almost shot himself. Oh, yeah. so good. Oh, you know, I literally tweeted when I saw that scene, I literally tweeted, Warwick went through the five stages of grief in a few seconds. <laughs> yeah. And you know what though too? I was gonna say, oh, sorry, you go. And the people who watch the commentary know how both Billy Peterson and Mark Huckabooker were asking, when are we going to be able to go home? Because they were over on time when they were shooting the episode. They were way over. They were like 20, like 10 hours over when they were in the, directing the episode. Which so means... Because it was supposed to be like a... They shot it like a movie. Yeah, which means that there is an extended cut of this of that episode that's like a legitimate two-hour-long movie. Uh, like I, when I watch that on the website that I shall never name it, um, <laughs> uh, like I click on a great danger is like one hour and forty. Like, is this CSI one hour? <laughs> like, okay. And then I realized it was great danger, and I was like, oh damn, I'm gonna suffer tonight. <laughs> so the the episode begins, and uh, and Grissom gives. The assignment for either Warwick or Nick, they had to decide, and they flip a coin, and Nick had to it go. It was Catherine. It was Catherine, remember? Well, yeah, Grissom, it was, it was, uh, Grissom gets in the middle later, so uh, Nick ends up going, and he was literally 
just, you know, taking pictures, you know, processing the evidence. And this police officer literally just abandoned him. And, like, it was raining. We all know what happens in CSI when it rains. When it rains, <laughs> it pours. Something bad happens. Like, that's why I'm super worried about watching CSI Vegas. Because I know, I just know when it starts raining, I'm going to be like, oh, damn, somebody's going to get kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and it's so much worse because he was so happy. Like, he was singing, you know. You sing he, some country. Yeah. And then he, somebody comes at him with chloroform, I think, and knocks him out. And it's so much worse because we see the same situation, but from two different points of view. We see it from the team's point of view, and we see it from Nick's point of view. And when they get the evidence, the first piece of evidence they have, uh, Hodges is literally fighting that person because Hodges is like, it's evidence, you cannot touch it. I'm trying to preserve the evidence. Which, I mean, come over it, you know. So Grissom gets the evidence about, it was about Nick. And it was essentially telling them that Nick had been kidnapped. There was a ransom to pay. But the thing is, the sheriff is not willing to pay. He's not willing yep. to pay. And Nick's family I mean, yes. couldn't get the money. Fast so, so Catherine goes to daddy. Yeah. He goes there. He's like, she's like, I know if that was a first place, but I need this money. I'm one of my dear, something happened to one of my dearest friends. I need to have the, like, so Catherine, so Catherine Warwick have to work with Grissom. Uh, Sarah and Greg to rescue Nick. And, and if, you, if you guys are wondering why not Sophia, during the second half of season five, Louise Lambard was heavily pregnant. Yeah, so they they have to solve this case, and it's so so painful to watch because Nick Nick's parents go and then go to the lab, and then Grissom and Catherine have to talk to them. I don't think Grissom even needed to be there, only Catherine, because Catherine was Nick's boss, but. They tell they tell him what happened and how the sheriff is not gonna pay any money and then they're like the parents got really really worried and they asked to see the tape the because a tape is sent to the lab uh, which is kind of like a live stream what we now call is a live stream uh, of Nick buried in the coffee in the coffin and honestly it, I mean it was Nick because Catherine sent him there. I mean, it could have been either one of them, like any one of the, of the CSIs. It could have been any one of them. And if, if it was different, if it was Sarah, can you imagine how much Grissom would have oh lost Oh my it? god. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> Ooh, okay, but like, before we go any further, can we talk about how great the scene is, though, when they talk to his parents? Because you have Nick's parents, right? Like his mom and his dad, and then Nick's parents with Grissom and Catherine. And just the way that whole, like, scene is framed, you're just like, oh, his mom and dad talking to, mo like, work mom and dad talking to real mom and dad. And then you can see their reactions, and you're just like, this is why Grissom and Catherine have done a better job raising your son than you guys have. Yeah. They Seriously, like, Grissom would get out here on Nick every time he said something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, but we have to, I mean, Nick comes from the, not, not the, uh, I know Anna is from the South, but, um, Nick was raised under some very prejudiced, uh, prejudiced beliefs. Views. You know, yeah. Yeah, so, um, they asked us to the tape, the, the live stream, actually, and Grissom pays attention when, who said it? It wasn't his mom or his dad. I think it was his dad that calls him Poncho. His dad. Yeah. So he realizes that, and later in the end of the episode, he calls him dad. It's just ah, really heartbreaking. So they go go through Nick's case, his past cases, and they're like, "What about his stalker? His stalker is still in jail." <laughs> <laughs> I love um, this show has for Nick's stalker. You get a stalker once on he gets a stalker once, and we never fucking shut up about it. 
<laughs> and then um, they, they ended up finding out that actually what happened was that this guy's daughter was uh, sent to jail by a cop. She was drinking like coffee or something, and this cop was left on the scene. She said that she was never on the scene, but the CSIs uh, confirmed that she was because her DNA was found in a cup that was in the crime scene. So she was sentenced to jail, and her dad decided to do the same, not to do the same, but decided to kidnap one CSI and and as for ransom, which would never come because Grissom goes, uh, Grissom obviously covers up, covers up for Catherine because Catherine got the money and then Grissom's like, we got this money from a donation, donation from Sam Brown, but still a donation. Because <laughs> she's not allowed to touch the money because yeah. it would feel like Sam's buying her off. Yeah. So he said, it's okay, I'll do it instead. <laughs> So they, so Grissom goes to, you know, pays the ransom, but the guy blows himself off. I don't know how Grissom's hearing didn't get affected by the freaking <laughs> I don't like, seriously, the first thing that came to my mind was like, this man got his beard operated like a few years ago. And the bomb was working like closes and nothing happens to his hearing. And can I you just, imagine, can you imagine his reaction to him being blown up? I, I have seen this episode. Or well over a decade, and I have never thought about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's such a valid question. What happened? Like, do we have to imagine that nothing happened? Because, I mean, <laughs> if you ever been to a live concert, after you leave, your like your ear is a bit, your hearing is a bit messed up because you are in a place with loud music, and you go to a place that's a lot more quiet, so your so your hearing gets a little fuzzy, you know. But when a bomb exploded in like Look. less than two feet away from you. As someone who has personally trained in weapons and has done grenade training, even with he- like earbuds behind the like sheltered area from when you're throwing your grenades, it's fucking loud. So wait, a fucking bomb goes off. <laughs> Sorry, that's all. And nothing happened to his hearing. Like he literally, this man went through surgery. He oh. went through a life crisis because of his fucking hearing, and nothing happens to it. See, I've always been preoccupied on the fact that this man was that close to a bomb going off, and he just gets, like, a little bit of blood on his face, and, like, he's all good. But I didn't think about his hearing. Well, whatever. So, uh, they go to process the... Grissom is not processing anything, but Catherine and Greg and Warwick are. And Warwick is just too pissed off, because he gets kind of, like, survivor's guilt. And poor Greg just wants to help. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's, like, this moment where you get, self, uh, like, you get a little bit of hope. Like, I've watched this episode a lot of times, but I still get hopeful when they're, like, digging up something, but they, what they dig up is actually a dead dog that had been buried alive. First of all, how dare you kill a dog? Mm-hmm. So they take everything back to the lab, and Hodges is the one working. I don't know why, because Hodges is all about trace. This should be something that Sarah would be working on, because it's all about physics, not trace. <laughs> <laughs> Again, never thought of that either until right now. Because Sarah is a physicist, man. She is a physicist. She's a. <laughs> she's, this show loves to like forget that, then bring it back up, and then forget that. And meanwhile, we're just like, this woman has a master's degree in physics. What she is wrong with you all? She has a whole Harvard education. A and whole she's not Harvard education. Like college is the one processing that. Well, because Sarah's walking, Sarah's walking in more avenues of the case. Yeah, I know, but oh, I think sorry. like processing that evidence because it's literally just about physics. Because the discovery that Hodges made literally falls a lot more on the physics side of science. So, he does I mean, the, tra- the trace is what helps, but I see what you're saying. 
No, because I mean, I don't know. I, I, I went high school like five years ago. I think that it would fall out under uh, fall under the category of physics. Then it would have traced. I understand that there would be trace that they, they needed to track and all that thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Sarah's a physicist. And like Anthony, CSI's writer of the room, whoever is working on the show that, that is listening to us, please, can do we have to print out? Look, that was Quentin Tarantino. Let's just blame him. Yeah. Do we have to print out a uh, Harvard fake diploma and put Sarah Seidel? graduated in physics <laughs> oh whatever so uh, they find out the location actually sarah finds the location which is a great parallel because in season eight it's, it's nick that finds her in the desert and in season mm-hmm. five she's the one who who finds the location oh i'm sorry my timer right now she is the one who finds the location all right guys time to wrap it up good night bye i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> and they go there to this ant farm and they find out that because Grissom is a freaking entomologist, right? So he finds out that Grissom is buried, uh, that uh, not Grissom is buried, that Nick is buried under this fire ant farm. So they're like, okay, let's just <laughs> let's just start today again. Like people, fire ants, they're gonna bite you. Look, we're more preoccupied on trying to find Nikki. Okay. Yeah. So they are about to pull. Like this scene is so heartbreaking because uh, they find Nick who had who who had previously shot the coffin because the light was bothering him uh but the fire ants started getting to him and they find it they take the dirt out but they're they just about to get him off the coffin when uh hodges calls and tells them that a bomb that a bomb is gonna blow up if they take nick, nick out so they have to do something again tara could have do that could have done that math earlier because like she's literally a major in physics, but whatever. But Catherine's the one that said that. Quentin Tarantino, like, did no one tell this man that Catherine, that, that Sarah is a, uh, has a master's degree in physics? Maybe, maybe he's just not a big fan of Sarah. <sighs> whatever, but she's a physicist, but whatever. No, so. you know what? You know what? Because that makes so much fucking sense, okay? I'm not going to go on a rant right now about him, but you know what? You know what, Brie? You got a point. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to pee yeah. myself now. <laughs> so they do, like, this counterbalance thing. And poor Nick is like, don't leave me. And and Rissom like touches the hand, touches his hand on Nicky's hand, and like, Poncho, Poncho, we're gonna get you out. Trust me. And I'm like, oh my God, did he just call him Poncho? Oh my God. And then I was breaking down crying. Like, thank you, Billy Peterson, for making me cry. Yeah, once again. Uh, <laughs> not the last time. Not the last time. So they make, they are able to save him. And by the end of the episode. Grissom literally, he didn't, doesn't even ask. He literally just stands close to Eckley and say, I want my guys back. Such a good, <laughs> such a good line. Such a good line. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and that's, um, that was a great episode. And Oh, you know what I want to know? So what? I've always thought, this is just, you know, me being me talking, but I I get why they get that they gave us the end the end scene with Nick going to see the girl in prison and everything like that. But who else thinks it should have just ended? It would have been a much more dramatic ending if it would have just stayed on them at the at the like uh, ant farm or whatever, and yeah. it would have just ended on the like I want my guys back, and then boom, cut to like executive producer Jerry Bruckheimer. Well, yeah. I I think they wanted us to know that he was oh well he was he he lived. Yeah, because I think people yeah. would you know uh, people, people would have. Like, CBS would have gotten a lot of paint mail if they ended up like that. Well, I mean, like we we can assume he lives. They found him in time. He's in the he's in the ambulance and he's going to the hospital. It's not like it's not like they left us on like oh there's yeah, we, we flatlining. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah, 
I always just thought that, like, it was such a weird, like, beat, I guess, yeah, like, story. But yeah, beat. but that's the thing about this show. They never leave any loose ends. I think they added that last scene of Nick going to the prison to talk to her. Because they would come back to this later. They would come back to this because she, uh, she's also involved in another crime. And Nick actually tries to save her. Well, the reason I say that is because Riddle Me This, would it not have made a really good season opener if it had been that scene? Yes, where we that would have see, been. Like, Right. Like it, it would have been a really good way to start this, this, like to start season six. I mean, you could have started season six with like them being badasses at the crime scene, clearly back together. But then like you show the case being progressed and then we cut to Nick going to go visit her for the first time. And it's been several months. He's clearly gotten better and over it. And there's like a little bit more of like a punch up, I feel like, if that had been like the season six opener and not the ending to season five. But that's just again, that's just me being me. Well, I mean, it could have been, but maybe they had already plotted season six. I guess. Yeah. I was just I, every time I watch that episode, you like I feel like you get to a really good like emotional beat, right? And then I always feel like you're like, oh fuck, I feel gutted. Like they went through all that, and then his the way his line delivery of like I want my guys back, you're just like, oh. And then it just cuts to that that next shot of like the car driving, and you're like, oh what what wait what's happening? Well, okay. I I love how that season and then like that. I mean, it was a lengthy season, yeah. But it was a great season. We got to find out what happened in Sarah's past. Like, and we don't, like we get a brief summary of what happened in everybody else's life. But then we understand why Sarah has such a deep connection to some cases. We see Grissom and Sarah's relationship get deeper because they were now forced to work together all the time. And maybe that was like maybe the writers decided to split the team, not only to see how they would work when they were split into two teams, and then we would see uh they're like the how the dynamics would shift but also kind of like uh, their move to deliberately like show how Rissom and sarah's relationship is a lot more, is a lot more deeper than everyone thought at that point and mm -hmm. so i guess like this is this week's episode uh, i hope you all liked it and you're just as excited as we are to watch csi vegas that comes back um uh, October 6th. 22 days, baby. 22 20, days. I mean, at, the, at the moment of this recording. At the moment of this recording, 22 days, but it is probably in two weeks when you're listening to this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, don't forget, it premieres on October 6th at CBS at 10 p.m. And we're 10 9 central. central. 10 9 central. Exactly. That's a weekday for me, but I'm probably going to be really late to class the next day just because I'm going to be watching those things and just text the girls all the time. So um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, be safe, you all. Love you. Love you. Bye, everyone. Bye.